Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero, sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, Old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and the Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays, coming in September. out there. Welcome to another episode of Padme's Closet, uh, the Coruscant edition. We are now the bustling city of Coruscant, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Chris. Hello. Um, so, I feel like last... we should be like Coruscant fashion con- you know, consultants for the red carpet where they're coming like, who are you wearing? Can we be like the Joan Rivers of Star Wars? Yes, exactly. And That'd then insult amazing. people too? Exactly. Well, duh. Because we're good at doing both. <laughs> we are good at the insults and we're good at the fashion. So, you know, yes. a little bit of both. Um, but so if you remember last time we talked about and tore apart uh, Padme's outfit on Tatooine, her uh, disguise outfit, which, you know, go back and listen to it because we had feelings on it. <laughs> um, but today we are on Coruscant. It's a bustling city. It's a city that never sleeps. And you gotta bring out your best. Yes, we're talking about uh, Padme's outfit. It is briefly shown in episode one. It's in there for maybe like a minute or two. But um, it is the lilac pre-Senate uh, kimono 
that she wears with the big feather headdress and the beads and all that pretty stuff. So uh, Chris has her Star Wars Padme fashion book of knowledge thing. Yeah. So um, what does it say? So this dress is actually the feature cover outfit for Dressing in Galaxy, the costumes of Star Wars by Trisha Bigger. Um, and she it's the main focus, and she's flanked by two handmaidens. It's it's a stunning outfit. It's um, It's got, what, like, at least three layers. At least, yes. At least three layers. It has, uh, it starts with this sort of burgundy-ish, um, almost iridescent, mm, I want to call it like a crepe silk, which is just stunning. Um, and then there's this really interesting ruched, light lilac kind of blue, almost robin's egg blue, I would say, maybe, mm-hmm. um, cover. And then this iridescent light purple kimono thing <laughs> it's very dramatic very dramatic yes, it hasn't yeah. it has an oo it's got these beautiful um a lot of it was uh hand embroidered beading everywhere and it's it's very pretty it's very delicate looking she has very ceremonial sleeves, i like that they call them penguin sleeves yes penguin sleeves exactly yes they um, exaggerate the sleeves a bit to give her more of a elongated a appearance yeah it's a, it's a very forceful dress it's got a lot of presence to it like she's here and she's going to talk to you yeah uh so this is the outfit that she wears in palpatine's apartment when she's talking to him about how i'm going to address the senate what's going on is chancellor valorum is there a boy of no confidence we don't know he's been our strongest supporter (laughs) um and she's also wearing this like romanesque feathered not even a feathered like romanesque broom on her head it's a broom yes it's a it looks like <laughs> it looks broom. like the roman um helmet flange but yes re- but it's side, turned side around 180 of, degrees yeah yeah it's it's pretty crazy so but it's got this gorgeous beaded headpiece that kind of waterfalls down it mm-hmm. and the beads are originally from a 1920s flapper dress Yes. I love it when they reuse things. Well, and I love that because originally those beads were actually supposed to be like in front of her face as a veil kind of thing. But then George was like, what if we part them and hang them on the gold uh, emblems on the side? And like, oh, Oh, that's really pretty. That would have been annoying so fast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just like her turning her head and being like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. So annoying. Um, So the effect is very, it's very somber. Yes, it's like very like, okay, I'm sad, but I still need to be a queen. Yeah. Sad, sad queen. Sad queen. Um, it's and, very I mean business. And we speak about sad queens as well, because there's a little transition here. Uh, at the end of episode three, you may recognize this outfit again, but in a different bit of a shape, different colors, when Queen Abelana, who was the current monarch at the time, wears it during Padme's funeral when she's being paraded down to her mausoleum. Um... This dress is worn by Apollana, and she has more of a feathered headpiece on top. Uh, the color scheme is different. The color scheme is more like a gold-silver with deep, deep purple and the Naboo crest lining all around it. And she also has teardrop makeup, which is really pretty. Yes, and it <laughs> it's got these interesting like little like diamond teardrops that are glued right to the inner corner of her eyes. It's very, very beautiful. 
Um, so but the it's fact a that it's dress. yeah, and the fact that they use the same design in a in a different color scheme, a different um, fabric, I I think that this particular design has a great ceremonial value, meaning for the queens of Naboo. I agree, um, and it's obviously if you look at it, you can know it's based off of a Japanese kimono of you know high importance. So it's nice to see that you know a lot of her outfits are you know hinted at towards certain cultures, but this is basically a direct like, hey, this is a Star Wars kimono. Like, there's no hinting, there's no beating around the bush for this. It's it's that's what it is. Yeah. Um. So this this um outfit actually appeared in Vogue too. Oh, did it? Yeah. Um, and it was worn by um, a model during the 90s. Um, and she's kind of dancing around. And it, Oh, it's, I know. It's the image you're talking do you remember about. that yes. one? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's and they recreate the makeup and everything. And you can she pulls her skirts apart so you can kind of see a little bit more of the outfit. But it's... Um, let's see. They actually talk about it more. Let's see. No, they just talk about it. But it incorporates a pearl embroidered panel from an antique dress circa 1920. I mean, it's a gorgeous dress. I mean, I do hate that some of her dresses are only on screen for like maybe a minute. It's crazy considering the amount of work that went into these outfits. Exactly. Like, how you know, little people spend months on these and they're only on screen for maybe, you know, a minute to. Two minutes at top, spinning out the outfit. Yeah, I, this is some of the most gorgeous costuming work in Hollywood ever, <laughs> and they're they're barely utilized. Yeah, and, but I mean, I get why they did that because you know they wanted to show the importance of her, and you know, not have it necessarily be the focus. The costumes be the focus, but at the same time, you can't help but focus on the costumes. Yeah. I just like that it means that they put so much heavy importance on the costuming in the mm-hmm. Star Wars universe that, it, you know, that they have such a huge costuming budget and there's so much time and detail given to each outfit. So which one do you, do you like more? Is it Apelana's or is it Padme's? Um, I, I think I lean towards Apelana's. Okay. I, I really like that royal purple. Because they talk about her in the book, right? Or is that in the book? In the Padme's image? book? Yeah. I actually have not read Padme's book. No, I'm talking about the Apollon in the in the book that you have right now. Oh, they just, they just, it's, uh, so in the book, these two outfits are fo- featured side by side. Um, and there's a close-up detail on Apollon's headdress, which is also super pretty. Um. But they don't really talk about it. They have, they just have a, a quote from Kesha Castle Hughes about wearing it. That's about it. What'd she say? She says, it feels kind of strange knowing that I rule the whole planet of Naboo and I'm only 13. At first, my face, because it was really white, was a bit of a shock. But then the whole costume was put together and the headdress was put on and I really felt proud. I felt like a queen. See, and that's... And people say, you know, oh, sometimes, you know, co- the costume helps the character. I think the costume helps the character when you get into the character, like, all oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we know that with cosplaying. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But, like I said, and that costume was on screen, I think, shorter than, obviously, the Padme costume. But still, still beautiful. Yeah. And still, you know, very 
striking and very like, oh, that's something. Well, and it and it gives you it gives you continuity and it gives you a history to Naboo and adds to the canon of Naboo and the queens. There, it's a beautiful outfit. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's one that I would choose to wear. I was just going to ask you: Is there stunning. something that you on this outfit that you don't like? <sighs> not, not particularly. Maybe the headdress. I think that the the flange at the top is a little bit much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I prefer it on Apollonas with the the feathers. I think yeah. the feathering is beautiful, and in fact. Her feathering, I feel like I feel like if they switched headdresses, it would work better. The color wise, you mean? Yeah, I agree. Like if you keep the feathers, or switch the feathers, but keep the gold and keep the white beading. Yeah, the feathers need to be switched too. It's I just, agree. It's an ear. I don't know. I because I I assume and I always have assumed that the flange at the top is supposed to actually be her hair. Really. It looks like hair. Because I know she has a she has a long ponytail in the back that we never see. Yeah, and Apollon has the same thing. It's really beautiful. Uh, rope-like braids. Yeah. But we also know that Padme has a ridiculous amount of hair, or that she wears lots of wigs. Like, that's part of the Naboo aristocracy look. See, I never thought of it as hair. I thought it more as, like, you know, like, uh, like horse braids, like horse hair or something. It matches... Her hair in color and i know when cosplayers do it that i've seen they do it as a like a hair piece as a hair piece interesting yeah that huh. it's just kind of like splayed out over a half moon shape i didn't think about that i'm trying to find if there's like a really good close-up of it this is like yeah that's hair is it hair it's definitely hair yeah this is also the, okay, so when this exhibit opened up at FITM, the uh, Fashion Institute of Design, Design and Merchandising at, um, in Los Angeles, they, it was a really big event. I've talked about it before. Trisha Bigger was there. That's where I got my copy from of the book. Um, she, she had a costume contest where she was... Um, uh, wow, a I'm blanking. Sorry. Yes, thank you. She was a judge. <laughs> a judge? <laughs> yeah, no. Total brain freeze there um i remember it was a someone wearing this just perfectly recreated senator dress one but they handed out a whole bunch of swag and a bun i still have these part of it was folders you know like school folders mm-hmm. for the exhibit and there's a close-up of this outfit on the school folders just her in the dress and it, they're so cool like i, I used them in college it was great <laughs> See, I'm looking at the outfit now, and it looks like her hair is slicked back and into that long, you know, braided ponytail that we see in the back. But it doesn't seem like the top part is hair. I don't know, man. It looks like hair to me. I don't know. What do you... Okay, so all of our listeners out there, do you guys think that it is hair? Do you think that it's just a, a decorative, ornamental piece that is just in the crescent moon shape? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That's really hard to tell, especially since it's a costume that doesn't have a bunch of close-ups. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the close-ups, but they must I can't. I don't know. focus I think on it's, her face. 
No, see that that looks like hair to me. I don't it it, it even has a little bit of flyaways on the side. I don't know. All of our listeners out there, comment, tweet us what you think at Echo Station Cast. Uh, if you think that is hair, or if you think that is is a, a feathery fan dress thing. Mm-hmm. Not not sure. Um, I do kind of wish that her middle. What's the middle belt? What's that called? Oh, the oboe. Yeah, I do kind of wish that was a OB? different color. Is it obi? It's obi. Um, I wish that it was maybe kind of a closer red to like her underskirt. Yeah, it doesn't seem to fit the color scheme. Yeah. Um, or maybe gold to tie it in with the, the eggs on the side of her head. I do wish, yeah, it was either gold or a red color. Maybe like red with gold beading around it or gold uh, trim, something along those lines. But other than that, I think it's a beautiful costume. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very beautiful. I mean, they're all beautiful in their yes. own way. Um, I love them. I think that's, you know, we still have... After this one, I'm trying to count. So we have the Senate outfit, which is up next, which we all, we both love that outfit. Yes. Uh, we have her uh, black somber outfit when she realizes she has to go back home. We have the purple traveling outfit and slash Qui-Gon's, <laughs> slash Qui-Gon's funeral outfit, which we know you love. Oh, yeah. Um, I have some opinions. <laughs> and then we have her purple battle dress. And then we have... Which I love. Her celebration dress. So what is that, six? Which everybody loves. I can't count. Did we talk Uh, about the... Oh, no, that's that's just episode one. Yeah. So, obviously we have plenty more, you know, to go. So episode one, the season's starting to get, you know, towards the end, guys. So... Do we want to mention, real quick, the handmaids? Yes. um, So, as Chris mentioned on the front of the cover is you know, this outfit, but she's flanked by these two beautiful handmaidens who are dressed in, like, this crimson, burgundy red uh, outfit that complements that dress so beautifully. Yeah, there's these just gorgeous velvet robes. And they're adorned beautiful with the hoods. Naboo crest. They have and the normally... Naboo crest, they're, like, they're uh, burned into the velvet, which is a technique I love. And normally and we see her handmaidens in the, the flame maiden attire and whatnot, but I do yes. like that her handmaidens even have a complimentary uh, gown color for her outfits. I really and like that. those, uh, according to the book, those are from Revenge of the Sith. The red ones? Yeah. Well, that can't be, because Revenge of the Sith came after I don't know. That's what they say. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe they reappear in Revenge of the Sith and I'm not remembering it. Book, you lie. You lie, book. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. That's what it says. Lies. Um, so, so that about wraps it up for us, guys. Uh, we talked about the priest in an outfit. Like we said, it's, you know, a brief appearance, but it's one of those strong ones. Uh, it's a gorgeous piece. I know I've seen... A few cosplayers do it before. It's it's not an easy dress by any means. No, but just at least that you can find is incredible. Well, at least you can find a pattern for a kimono, so you can actually go off something. Whereas her other dresses, you basically just kind of Frankenstein something together and make your own. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of cosplay. Unfortunately, it is. Um, yeah, but so, and the dress itself is a fairly simple design. It would just be really following fi- finding the colors or 
color matching. And it's the coloring and the beading and the embroidery and... The embroidery's n- not that. complicated. Because it's only on honest. sleeves, isn't it? It's, it's on sleeves, it's very large, and it's just a bunch of little loop-de-loops. I mean, honestly, that is super duper easy and nowadays you know back then it was made in like what 97 98 nowadays you can just do a machine to do that so well you could do a machine without there were embroidery machines back then back in the old days back in the (laughs) olden days back in the olden days but you could you could easily do that by hand or um with a machine i mean pretty much any machine you could you could i know exactly what i do because i would chalk on the design, and then you could just machine embroidery it on with pretty much any machine. You wouldn't need a special embroidery machine. Um, and then just go back and hand embroider the beads, the little pearl beads onto it. That would it would really time. not be hard. Yeah, so the dress itself is super easy. It looks complicated, but it's really not that complicated. That headdress, would I would murder somebody. The headdress almost have to be 3D printed at this point. It's oh, just the beading. The oh, beating the beating itself be... is going to be, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Someone find a 1920s flapper dress and then just cut the beads off and you're good to go. Ta-da! Yeah, you have your costume, you're done. Um, But like I said, that about wraps us up for this one. Um, Our next episode is indeed the addressing the Senate robe, that gorgeous orange and red robe that she wears. Um, We know... Which... A cosplayer by the name of Jedi Manda did this costume at not this celebration, but the previous Star Wars celebration, and mm-hmm. I believe she took home second place or first place. It was one of the two big top awards. Um, so we'll definitely be talking about uh, that costume as well. Um, but... See, and that costume and a couple others is what leads me to think that that it's a hairpiece. I don't know because they have it because it's a similar look. Oh, no. I'm telling you. Padme and her elaborate hair pieces. We gonna see. <laughs> we gonna see. Tell um, us your opinion, people. Yes, yeah, tell us uh, your opinion. Don't forget to tweet us at Echo Station Cast and follow us on Twitter there as well. Um, we've been posting a bunch of new images from the Empire magazine of uh, Rise of Skywalker that's being released soon. So bit by bit images are being released and interviews and stuff like that and we are tweeting them out so don't forget to follow us for all that latest news uh we tweeted about also the triple force friday for all those toys and stuff and chris and i both agree that we need more shelving space oh so much more shelving space um and then don't forget to follow me at uh ir turner on twitter and then house of turner cosplay on facebook and instagram and Chris, they can follow you at the Dirt Witch on yes. the Twitters. On, on the Twitters. And then and we're on Chris Instagram. Chris Jaded and Chris Jaded on Instagram. On the Instas. On the Insta. And then don't forget also to uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Basically, we are there. Uh, go to the Heroes Podcast Network.com for a bunch of other shows that you will Lots like. of exciting new shows. Yes, we have a brand new one that just debuted called uh, Spellcast. Um, that's what it's called, right? I thought it was spell. I thought it was Spellbound. Spellbound. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, Ray. My best friend in the world hosts that show, and she's gonna fucking kill me. Spellcast is kind of clever, but I wonder if that was taken. <laughs> I I want now. Oh my god. I swear, I know our shows. This is, it's just, it's been the day. I may have drank a little bit last night. 
We have a lot of shows. We have a lot of shows. <laughs> we do. It's not, you know, yeah, it's Spellbound Podcast at Spellbound Cast. Go follow them. It's our brand new show. Um, talk about all the fantasy stuff that's that's around the world and from previous years and all that good stuff. So give them a follow. Give them a like if you like that kind of stuff. They just talk about Dark Crystal, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we are at Echo Station Cast on Twitter. Follow us, like us, give us some love. We always love hearing from you guys and getting tweets. We're getting more tweets now from you guys, so we like that. Uh, And until next time, guys, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Thank you.